0: Pitch Talk Special Feature. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, straight shooting LJA, the G Man, Jesse Fizzle, Nathan Arsenal, and JBK. Proudly bring to you another Pitch Talk Special Feature. Now, what we're going to go into, obviously, you can see I'm wearing my Ibis Eagles jersey, grassroots football. And of course, Jamie being an FA qualified and a licensed coach, it's one of them where we can only go one way. Grassroots football in England suspended during lockdown from the third of November, 2020 part of the reason why we're wearing these masks um all adults and children. social distancing by the way <laughs> well at least we're taking one precaution but um yeah grassroots football um sus- in england suspended during lockdown all adults and children's grassroots football is to be suspended in england during the national covid 19 lockdown restrictions will run from thursday 5th of november until wednesday 2nd of december at least just want to put that stipulation in no men's teams in leagues, low, um, in leagues lower than the National League's North or South will be able to train or play. And women's competitions below the second tier championship are also suspended as well. The women's part, we're going to hit on another special feature, so hang tight for that one. Right now, we're just focusing on the grassroots segment. Um, The restrictions also apply to all youth and indoor teams, but lower league sides can play in the FA Cup. This is where we're going to kind of focus on. Non-elite teams in the FA Cup first round will play and train under elite conditions for as long as they remain in the competition. So there is that little stipulation there. Um, But, but, but... um, Our aim is to to ensure that the um, 2020-2021 season is completed at these levels and will liaise with the relevant leagues in the NLS, National League System and WFP, Women's Football Pyramid and County Football Associations to provide support and establish appropriate options um, to do so if required, an FA statement read. Restarting football at all these levels has taken substantial determination and commitment from stakeholders across the game and we would like to thank everybody for their vital contributions. However, health and wellbeing remain the priority so it's extremely important that clubs, players, coaches, match officials, league officials, volunteers, parents, carers, and facility providers, a lot of people in there, adhere to the UK government's new national COVID-19 restrictions during this period. Um, Youth sport will actually be limited to schools. There were calls for youth sport to be exempt um, when the new restrictions came into effect on Thursday, 5th of November, but Culture Secretary Oliver Dowden confirmed it would only be permitted in school. Unfortunately, we need to um, pause grassroots sport Outside school to reduce the transmission risk from household mixing, households mixing, he tweeted, which is quite interesting in and of itself, but we'll come back to that. Um, as soon as we can resume this, we will. Elite sport can continue behind closed doors during the lockdown. Um, a former um, Wales midfielder Robbie Savage, um, who coaches a junior team, has actually criticised um, the decision to suspend children's sport um, in a series of tweets. Quoting Dowden's tweet, he said, have you or any of your senior government officials been to a grassroots game since lockdown? Do you have any idea what it's like for thousands of grassroots volunteers? Do you know the impact of this decision on youngsters' mental and physical well-being? Very Very important question there. Chelsea boss Frank Lampard added, I'm a massive advocate for children to play all sorts of sports, but at unprecedented times, we're reliant on the government and scientists. Yeah. If you want my view on government and scientists, the straight shooting rants. Yeah. And also the straight shooting view as well. Two of my vlogs on Instagram and YouTube. That's a separate issue. Not going to go into that rabbit hole today, but, um, If it can be done in a safe way, I think for physical and mental health, we must strive to do it as much as we can. It's a tough time and I'm a father, so I do worry. I don't know all the data, but as a parent, if you can remain active and encourage your children to be active in this tough time, it's a great thing to do. I would really encourage us to find a way to keep children active, but it has to be in a safe way so we don't see long-term issues coming back from it in these youngsters' lives. Um, Youth Sports Trust Chief um, Executive Ali Oliver um, said to be bbc sport that under a quarter of secondary schools do not offer physical education so this comes into it too um, to lose some grassroots clubs will leave us with a legacy of a generation who are inactive and unable to find a way into sport she said um former department for digital culture media and sports select chair, committee chair damian collins had written to down asking the government to allow u sport to continue in england after the 5th of november um it is, it is well them was where he called on the government to extend the definition of elite sport to include academy players at premier league clubs and those in development centers such as england rugby developing player program and Sport england's talented athlete scholarship scheme um, the young people will currently be allowed to continue with sport at school and we believe the risks to the spread of the coronavirus from outdoor grassroots youth sport would be minimal he said in a letter also signed by former sports ministers tracy crouch and helen grant there would however be clear and lasting benefits for these young people if the government could support this leisure centers and gyms will close as will other indoor and outdoor leisure facilities and so where we are so where we are with this um I want I want to ask you Jamie I want to ask you Jamie as a as a as a youth coach I mean this is the second time during this COVID-19 pandemic that um that we've had a lockdown and I would, I would ask you first and foremost, how much of an impact do you think the first one had back in March 2020? And how much of an impact do you think this one is going to have on youth and grassroots sports, not just football? Okay, I'd like to hear your take on that first.
1: Um, two things. Uh, first of all, yes, I've, I coach a team who are basically in sec- in primary school. Um, for them to, for me to, to still have them going to to school and basically still still be playing football, kind of defeats the whole purpose of what this lockdown really is about. And if you're trying to seclude everybody into a bubble, then why would you still have them playing outside where they can probably spread it? around a park or around a primary school setting or wherever that's that's my first thing the second thing is if I look at the the two the two lockdowns together the impact on it was devastating the first time because nobody knew what to do with with this first pandemic Um, and the second one everybody understands what the second one is but the problem is is the fact that the first one was so long that the country just physically and financially cannot allow for a three month lockdown it just can't happen um
0: again do you mean allow for it again or do you, it, it, or could it not handle it for the first for the first three months
1: um it can't ha- it can't handle it again just simply because there was a lot of people that were still sort of defying the laws, breaking the rules, and making things not working in in um, in hindsight. Like I, I look at the the three months from March to to about June, I didn't coach. I generally didn't coach. I may have done an, an odd Zoom call here and there, um, but I didn't coach in person, um, and it took a massive effect on on. Finance for myself, but with this country being on on a furlough scheme, it's going to have a massive impact on on um, on everybody financially. So what that means is, if every child's parent has to pay for for um, a session, the problem will be is that none of us will be getting paid. So a lot of people will go, well, why am I going to walk out of my door? risk life and limb just to get a session on they're just not going to do it um and if it also means that if they are breaking the rules and it also means that they lose their license to coach most people are going to go no i'm not going to do that um so the impact on on the kids will be well what are they doing outside of this and if their parents didn't have um, things in mind from beforehand or had a very tough life beforehand. Um, and in terms of, and what I mean by tough life is that they had to go to work to provide and, all, and that's all they kind of knew. Then the kid won't have anything to do at home. And that will be the impact. That will be the necessary impact is what does a child do when their parent is at work? They won't know. The only thing that they will probably know is, well, my my, my mum's gone to work, my dad's gone to work, and that's about as good as it's going to get. Whatever happens in between that, so long as I don't get into trouble, I'm okay. But that's the problem. That has been the problem from, from the first lockdown to the second lockdown is... That's all that's been been said in terms of how does everybody deal with this this lockdown so for me i'm going to say the first one should have been extended to probably the end of this year it would have made more sense to do it do it that way than to actually go well we're going to have a break and then come back to it in in a few months mu- uh, in a few months because essentially what you've done is you started a lockdown. Because there were people that were complaining about it being being a problem, and more so the businesses were saying, "Well, they're not going to have business." They've basically made the decision for the prime minister, in my opinion, to say, "Well, we need to get business running again, so we'll we'll try and do it." And now we've gone back into a, a national lockdown again. So essentially, you were better off not having a. Um, You're better off not opening businesses throughout the summer and just going well. Up until the end of the year, we'll work something out.
0: See, for me, this, the, whole, the whole thing for me is, to, is, especially when it comes to businesses and the elite side of the game, it's all about money. But with the grassroots side, um, I, I, think, I think the first lockdown had such a massive impact on the country in general. I think mainly, I think mainly because, you know when you have something taken away? When you get when you when you're used to freedoms and then you have stuff taken away, and then you wonder why when people get the opportunity to kind of come out, it's like oh my god I'm going to do everything I used to do, even with the restrictions. So so for for me, I mean it was it it was in in terms of youth and grassroots sports, not even just football. I mean it's it's had such a massive impact. The first lockdown, because at the end of the day, you look at um, Futsal, futsal was just like nope gone, yep. and because of this pandemic as well. One of the other concerning things for me personally, I mean, playing for a playing for a grassroots club, um, Ibis Eagles AFC, it's one of them. Where the FA mentioned um, about a month about a month or so ago that over the next three years they're going to cut they're going to cut 20, about twenty million per year for grassroots for grassroots football and it's not as if grassroots football was getting hundreds of millions and millions invested anyway so for them to cut that off is just i mean it's it's just not good it's not it's not good it's not good at all so it's not even just football that's been impacted by this there are other sports and especially youth sports as well and Funnily enough, actually, there actually is a um, youthsporttrust.org. They've actually done an evidence paper about the impact of COVID-19 restrictions on children and young people. And youthsporttrust is a children's charity that works to ensure every child enjoys life-changing benefits that come from play and sport. They do it by harnessing the power of sport, physical activity and PE um, to increase young people's life chances through improved well-being, healthier, healthier lifestyles and greater attainment. And... They have actually, as I said, they've done an evidence paper that kind of surmises the effects um, on children and young people of the restrictions. I mean, um, the first one, restrictions. I'll give you the cocktail and that conversions. Um, we'll put a link in the description that you can read the details. But restrictions imposed as a result of COVID have had substantial and wide ranging health implications for young people's mental health and well being. For some, um, these impacts may be deep and long lasting. Many organizations are not set up to respond to the increased demand. At least one third of children have experienced an increase in mental health issues, um, including stress, loneliness, and worry. More than two fifths, 41% of children and young people. Ace 8 to 24 say that they are lonelier now than before the restrictions were put in place. More than one third say that they are more worried, 38 percent. 37 percent are sadder or more stressed, 34 percent. And a third report that they've had more trouble sleeping, boredom, 51 percent, worried, 28 percent, and feeling trapped, 26 percent, are the top three emotions experienced by children and young people." Um, Two-thirds of primary school children report feeling feeling lonely. It's 50% up on normal levels. Um, And um, amongst girls, 24% of those aged 11 to 14 and 50% of those aged 15 to 18 report that COVID and... COVID-19 and lockdown has had a negative effect on their mental health. 33% of girls aged four to 10 say that they feel sad most of the time and 42% of girls aged 15 to 18 feel stressed or worried. Their key concerns are uncertainty about school and education. 76% of them felt that way. Loneliness and isolation, 51%. A lack of freedom and independence, 44%. Younger girls aged four to 10 report that they missed their friends, 95%. Um, And speaking as a dad myself, that's, that sounds pretty accurate, to be perfectly frank. Their teachers, 79%, and playtime, 59%. Older girls aged 11 to 18 miss school trips, events and celebrations, 70%. Learning, 50%, and school sports, 29%. Um, older children, 16 to 19, is where it's, where it's interesting as well, are also worrying about life after lockdown. So that's 73% are worried about the future and 59% say that their well-being is being affected. Key concerns for those aged 14 to 25 are about those are about those close to them being at risk 61% and the strain on the NHS is 42% and a future economic crisis at 34%. Now. I mean, COVID, COVID also is leading to uncertainty about future employment as well. More than a quarter, 29% of 16 to 25-year-olds feel that their future career prospects may have been damaged. 46% believe that finding a new job now feels impossible. Um, and one third feel that everything they've worked for is now going to waste. 69% feel their life is on hold and almost half, 47%, don't feel in control of their lives, rising to 65% for those not in education, employment, or training um there has been a sig- significant deterioration in mental health in recent months for all young people but particularly those of black asian and minority ethnic (BAME) um origin who appear to be suffering disproportionately worse damage to their mental health than their white peers coof who um k who provide online mental health support for children and young people report that 51,321 requests for help seven of those, of those, um, seven thousand four hundred eighty-two were from a from a BAME background. The number of BAME children contacting them with suicidal thoughts went up by twenty-six point six percent, versus eighteen point one percent for white children. And I mean, also self-harm incidents with an increase of twenty-nine point five percent for BAME versus twenty-four point nine percent for everyone else. And, I mean. This, it's one of them was calls to child line have increased um, as well. The NSPCC conducted over 2,200 counseling sessions to children and young people between 21st of January and 8th of April 2020, of which 1,600 were delivered in March when government restrictions were introduced. So it's one of them was where it's like there's a lot of there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are being exacerbated. Um, existing issues obviously are being exacerbated, and it, it's so sad to see this because I mean, the children are the future. No ifs, no buts. The children of that are the future. And again, Jay, I'd like to, I'd like to ask you as well as a youth football coach yourself um, how did the lockdown back in March affect you as a coach? And you, as a person, as well, especially. And did did you did you see in your in the one to one sessions that you do? Did you see any of those youngsters um, exhibiting any kind of feelings of anxiety, depression, or other things?
1: Um, in the first lockdown, I'll explain it this way. I was ready to quit football. Um, I hadn't been in it. For as long as a lot of people would suggest, um, but 16 years feels like a long time. Um, I think that was my my biggest my biggest thing. Um, watching the sessions on watching the sessions that I was doing, it just felt like I was I was in a trance, and I just eventually I was just like, well, I can't do this anymore. Um, but then there was a bit of a reprieve, and I started off believing, achieve coaching. So my clientele grew a little bit uh, over Zoom calls and it made made a difference and things were, were steadily working working in my favor. Um to the point where I said, well, I'll do a U-turn and maybe I'll stick with with um stick with football for a little while longer to see what it would give me. Um in terms of the impact on the kids, I didn't really see anything because it's it, it there was more happiness behind it. There was more like they wanted to be there. They wanted to just kick a ball about. They just wanted to to do something.
0: So it's a case of something's better than having something is better than having nothing.
1: Basically, um, and it was the same for me. Um, I I enjoyed it, and I found myself enjoying a lot more one to one sessions than than actually doing um, team sessions. Just simply because. You can work with you can work with those players a little bit more. you can see see what they see what they do a little bit more of and see what they what they tend to to fear and and things like that so you get to know the player a little bit more um, clearly than just putting them into a position and and hoping for the best um, and that was one of the things that i I massively um, looked at for those players is that they now started to recognize that I was interested in. How they would develop, um, and a lot of players have come back to me over the past few years um, over the past few weeks before the lockdown and said that they the game massively improved after we worked together and I thought well that's that 's what it should be that's that 's how it should be if you 're still the same player after um, after we worked together, then i haven 't done my job um, One of the things that I do as a as a coach is i set I set people up to the next level with new ideas, not try and teach them at the level that they're at now. I try to set them up for what they will f- they will feature in the next in the next few years. So again, if somebody says, Well why do you work on passing, it's because I'm not gonna be their coach for the rest of their life. I can't be. It's it's physically impossible for them just to continue hearing the same voice um for the next uh, for sixty years. Um, it's not going to happen. So if they were to stay in the game for the next um, fifty years, I wouldn't be their coach for the next fifty years. I'd be their coach for the next maybe four or five. Whoever they get after that needs to know that they've been given the right information and worked on it as much as they can, so that all they've got to work on next is maybe the next the next level for um, for that person. Um, and that was that's that's how I coach. I, I try not to coach with the 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 goal in mind to know that what they're coaching is for their age group now i'm trying to coach them for what they're going to be next next time and that's what i i think the lockdown will come come as especially with some of those numbers or maybe all of them i look at all of them and i look at i look at the negative impact that everybody has come out with um in terms of depression in terms of feeling lonely in terms of missing friends in terms of um not having something to do in terms of boredom, in terms of um, just just not just not be, just not finding that they they enjoyed going to football, or enjoyed going to the sport that that they love, whether it be football, rugby, tennis, um, ice hockey, outdoor hockey, uh, rugby, um, anything. It could have been anything, and they felt happy doing it because they were they were in a social environment where it's gonna it's gonna affect their, their happiness in a in a good way. But then it's been ripped away from them by somebody who Who doesn't know them. And that's that was the key thing for me. Is that a lot of them didn't understand it. So psychologically everybody was going, Well I don't understand why I can't see my friends. Well you can't see your friends because if one of them was to happen to to make you sick we could never forgive that person. That's so, usually.
0: So, so, do you think understanding um, the restrictions and then being explained better? Because obviously, they were not explained well by the government, and the amount of U-turns. I, I mean, I've personally been saying that. What's well, so it? This government has had more U-turns than a toddler trying to play Mario Kart for the first time. And it, it, do, do you do you think do do you, do you think there could have been a lot better explanation? As to what the restrictions were going to entail, do you think these numbers the numbers that are just threw out from you sports trust, do you think those numbers would have been a lot lower if things had been explained better from the outset rather than explain rather than saying right we're doing this and then coming back
1: No and the reason why I say that is it's a bit like, it's a bit like being in a football team itself or being in any team sport. You're going to have different characters to work with. Some will accept that certain things are going to happen. However much you explain it, you can explain it to to a person for about two hours. They're going to shut off in about ten minutes. Within the first ten minutes, you've probably lost them. If you've lost that person within the first ten minutes, you're probably not going to get them back for another uh, for another three, four, three, four months, which is fine. But then you might have somebody who's invested fully in the fir- in the two hours that you're sitting there and um, trying to explain everything, and they've taken everything in. They've understood everything that you've said, and you know what? Then they're very clear and and um, what needs to be done. So then that's the that's the thing for me. Some will accept what has happened. Some will try to fight against it, and the reason for this lockdown, in my opinion, for the second lockdown, is because of those who fought against it. Um, and found ourselves um, pretty much in a second lockdown because they wouldn't wear a mask, despite needing to needing to do so, um, or just having it on your persons. In my opinion, if you just have it on your persons, then nobody can actually say anything to you. But the fact that most people went, "Oh, I forgot it. It's in my car, or it's, it's, I left it at home," and then still was uh, able to go out and do what they needed to do in the in the shops means that we're back, we're back to square one. I'll look at the situation that happened in Spain. Spain closed their borders to everybody. Spain's, uh, Spain's ports or touristy, um, touristy places make a lot of money off of um, holidaymakers. Now, because all of that was shut down, they almost went into a recession. Now, if you look at that in that con- context, they opened up their doors way too early and then had to go back into a national lockdown again. So if that is the case, well, then we're no different to Spain as anybody else is to, to Portugal or any, any, any other place. The difference between maybe Germany, Portugal, and New Zealand is that they looked at the, they looked at the, the one thing that was going to be a, a problem, which was businesses, and said, well, your health comes first. Let's deal with that. And they made health a priority, Rather than a necessity A necessity would In, in my opinion would have been It's, nece- um, it's a necessary, uh, necessary To put finance Ahead of health Because we need the money To make sure that we can find the cures A lot sooner than other countries However If you put it as a priority That health becomes first Then there's a necessity To find the money becomes a, a doesn't have to become a, a, a priority at all so there's the difference in in the two words that i look at as necessity is the finance priority is the health they put their health um they put their health first in new zealand they've just um they've just closed their, their doors to the last um coronavirus um case now they've got twenty thousand people turning up to an international game between new zealand and australia one of the biggest matches in rugby um rugby history to me, that just, that just speaks volumes just simply because you went from having nobody in your, in your stadiums and possibly no sports whatsoever to now having 20,000 watching the biggest match in, in, in history.
0: We also had um, in Hungary the um, Super Cup. Yes. Super Cup as well. I had about 20,000 fans in it as well. So it's like...
1: Same thing with, with Germany. Germany have now um, brought back fans to, um, in the bucket loads to, the, to say, well, we, we had to do a national lockdown. As much as our country um, didn't want to probably do it, we've just said, well, either you do it or you get fined, and they were very adamant on the fine. Mm. That was another thing that made made a problem um, for this country as well as um, Spain. If you look at the Spanish one, apparently one of the one of the things was if you walk outside of your door for anything um, for anything more than just 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 to put the the bins out, you will get a 600 euro fine. Right. If you get anybody else, um, if you walk in, if you get into your car with any second person, it's a one thousand euro fine.
0: Yeah, both of those were on the spot, no negotiations, <laughs> no mucking around.
1: No, and, and that was a problem. Whereas here, there was always a reason. There was always, oh well, I had to go out because my health is my health is being um, needs to be looked after, or I need to go to the doctors, or to me most of the most of the problems came from the fact that nobody wanted to accept what was what was a lockdown and that's why we've got a second lockdown and i'm not saying this is a national problem i think there are handfuls of people who have allowed the rules to be bent in in so many ways where you can go okay well this wasn't explained to me so i can just do this or Maybe I can get around this because this is the loophole within this rule. Okay, well, if there's a loophole in this in this rule, then expect all these problems to keep surfacing. So that every single time you want to go to the pub or you want to go to the, um, you want to go to work, somebody's going to say, "Nope, there's a lockdown. You can't do this. You can't do that." And it just means that with as a as a not as a national lockdown, but as a as a. As a country, the people have to now decide what is more best for the future of this country. We are now in a new decade, and we seem to be still running things like we did 20 years ago. That's the problem. We still seem to be going. Well, it's okay. It's it's going to be dealt with. Blah blah blah. Listen, that's not how the um, the world is still still working. Again if anybody's having a look at um, what's going on on, um, in America at the moment, the voting should have been finished two days ago. The reason why it hasn't is because a president has decided that he wants to make sure that he's still in charge of whatever free world that he he needs to be in charge of. But he's not, and all all these, um, these extra votes are actually going against him because he wants a recount.
0: Well let's not get too I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get bogged
1: down in the I'm not gonna get bogged down in the politics, but what I'll say is is this. So long as so long as we we keep finding reasons to not do the right thing, we're gonna keep going through these lockdowns week in week out to say well what's the truth about what are we meant to be doing?
0: Pitch talks special feature.